This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. Well, the rest of you, I'm so glad you came here today. I believe God's going to move. If you need a Bible, once you raise your hands up real high, once you get a Bible, we're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30, if you were here a week ago, this is where we ended And I'll just tell you, for the upcoming weeks, this will be one of our main uh, scriptural texts, 1 Samuel 30. Okay, as you're turning to 1 Samuel 30, then we'll go to Psalms 34. But if you want to rehearse a little or rewind where we were last week, remember David had been living in an area called Ziklag, and he'd been with the Philistines, and the, the kings of the Philistines didn't want David to go to war with them anymore. So they said, get out of here, go back to Ziklag, get away. And remember, they come to Ziklag, and it's, in, it's on fire. They get there and, and their, their wives, their children are all gone. And the town is, is burned. There's nothing left. And so we pick up this morning where this guy named David, he's walking around with everything that's all burned up. And he has this thought, I believe, could life get any worse? Could life get any worse? First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6. Now, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and daughter. Now, we ended last week right there. And remember, the people that it was talking about was his mighty men that he had been good to, been really, really good to these guys. And so now Jesus is, or not Jesus, but King David is experiencing betrayal and rejection in an incredible way. What I like to title the kiss of Judah, or the kiss of Judas. And so I'll talk about that more again next week. But not only is he betrayed by his man and and rejected, you compound the loss of his wife and his children and everything. And you have the thought, what, what do you do in a day like that? He had the choice to make, do I, do I let bitterness come in? Do, do I take grief and pain and allow it to take hold of me, to conquer me, to ultimately destroy me. And so when things like this happen in our life, when you're in a bad time in your life, do I retreat? Do I get to a place where I just, I cover my head? I fall into the black hole of depression. I I have the desire to throw up the white flag and surrender. But look what David does here at the end of verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord as God. David strengthened himself in the Lord as God. Now I want to highlight something here because in this situation, everything around him was discouragement. Everything. But yet in this time when every person and everything around him was discouraged... It said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want to highlight that because he changes his focus. He doesn't look on the things in the outside of the physical to change, but he looks on the inside. And as I look at that, where are you at today? Are you in a bad shape in your life? And so many times in our life, when, when life comes at us and it begins to squeeze us and pressure us, how do you respond? 
See, many times we, we run to other people for help. And sometimes it's good to run to other people. But I can't use people to replace what only God can do. And there was a time in my life when life would really squeeze me. I would run to a thing called alcohol. And it would fix me for a couple hours. And I know some people run to alcohol. Some people run to drugs just to to kill the pain and the hurt. But something happens here when we begin to look at what King David did, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. The New Living says, but David found strength in the Lord as God, and faith in God gives strength. And so this is a vital lifeline for every one of us to learn when we're in the wilderness. Who do I turn to? What do I turn to? Turn with me to Psalms 34. And as you turn there, one of the reasons I want us to go here is because I believe these next two passages will give us great insight of what King David did. And even not only for him, but, but for us. And so he changed his focus. How did he change his focus? Psalms 34, verse 1. Now watch what he says here. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Note he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now let me help you a little bit with what he's talking about. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Good times, bad times, sad times, mad times. I'll I'll bless the Lord at all times. I'll bless the Lord on the worst day of my life. I'll bless the Lord when people have rejected me, when people have betrayed me. And in this, I believe every one of us are going to have seasons in our life where we learn or we have to learn to stand and not only to stand, sometimes you got to learn to stand alone with just you and God. And in those seasons, I seek God's face and I call out to God. And just like this in David's life, God was David's constant. You know why? God never changes. And so he said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so what I found out about this, when praise is in my mouth, you know what can't be if praise is in there? If praise is in my mouth, I can't be complaining, I can't be grumbling, I can't be speaking negative, I can't even be speaking my fears because his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so what we do here, when we begin to praise him, we sing as a remedy. We sing here Father, as to Father God as an exercise of faith to say, I'm going to praise you, Father God. I'm going to praise you even when I don't feel like it. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. My my soul shall boast in the Lord. My soul shall boast in my heavenly Father, Daddy. And I believe part of this here comes to an area of our life where we begin to mature spiritually, that we begin to understand Man, when I call on my heavenly father, something happens. And, and I begin to stand in the things of God. I, I, I look at all the, the 
names that we have for Father God. Abba, Father. I'm a friend to God. I believe God loves it when we reference him as Father God or Daddy. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And I want to stop right there. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What happens in life? We're going to magnify something. Do do I, I magnify the circumstances? Do I magnify the trouble? Do I magnify the difficulties in my life? Or do I magnify God? And when I magnify God, I'm making God bigger than my problems. Oh, Lord, I magnify you. I exalt you. I look to you. He goes on to say, and let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt. I believe that's what we did earlier. We just come together and begin to exalt his name. And he ends in verse 4. I end in verse 4 and he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now I want to highlight something. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And the reason I highlight that is becomes very personal. I I sought the Lord. He doesn't say, my my mom sought the Lord for me. Or I went to church and told everybody else to sing. No, he said, "I, I sought the Lord. And I believe in this passage right here, it gives us incredible insight on what we do in bad, rough times. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. So I go back and I look at all this and it becomes a choice. I believe with all my heart there's days that he didn't want to praise God. But when everything around you in your life says discouragement and you choose to encourage yourself in the Lord, man, God is beginning to work in you. He's beginning to mature in you. Now this passage here cross-references into Joshua chapter 1. Go to Joshua 1. Joshua chapter 1, and as you're turning there, it's an essential attribute for every one of us to learn that in difficult days, do I call out to God? Do I magnify God? Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do you know a a leader's courage develops as the fruit of encouragement? That I begin to allow this to shape me? I have not commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. The message says don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. The New International Version says don't be uh, terrified or discouraged. And, And so when you begin to look at this, the word be strong there literally means to be valiant, to be firm. To to learn to stand. And so as I, I begin to look at this in David's life, he knew in rough situations, man, I gotta praise God. I gotta go before Father God. And so I believe this was part of what David began to do. He began to remind himself about how awesome God had been in his, his life. He, he began to rewind and think about how many times God had been so awesome in his life. And I go back and I think he had this thought. I remember when I was just a teenage boy taking care of the sheep. 
How the faithfulness of God. When the lion came, I grabbed him by the beard and I shook him around. And when the bear came, God moved within me. I saw the faithful of God with the lion and the bear. Lions and tigers and bears, who cares? Man, God is on my side. And I begin to believe he began to think back. I remember one day when this, this giant named Goliath came. And I saw the faithfulness of God. And remember after he killed Goliath, not only did he kill him, he cut off his head. And remember he would parade that big old head around. Big old pumpkin head. And it was almost like he would shake it and remind it the faithfulness of God. And so again in your life, go back and think about, man, God's been faithful. He's been faithful. And every time in my life, in my own personal life, when I call upon, I've seen the faithfulness of God. And we got married at a young age and we didn't have anything. And I remember in those days, we're off of Bible school and Oh my gosh, all we had to eat was peanut butter and jelly. Better stated, choke and slide. And we lived on that and the faithfulness of God to supply for that. Even though three years after that I couldn't eat peanut butter and jelly anymore. But I saw his faithfulness and we didn't have furniture. We we saw the faithfulness of God. And, And then when you get into episodes of life, troubles of life, difficulties of life. I saw God set me free. A God who took a mess and made a miracle. Some of you guys think I'm in my 30s, but I'm not. I've seen the faithfulness of God year after year after year. And I think the song we sang, God just hadn't been good to me. And God hadn't just been so good to me. God has been so, so. That word so would be infinity good to me. That's how good God has been. And, And the longer you serve God, you begin to trust in his faithfulness. And I believe this is what King David did. He saw God's faithfulness and he encouraged himself by reminding me, man, God's faithful. God's faithful. And so I believe in this time of his life, he put a tattoo on his heart. And you know what that tattoo said? Relentless. And you know what relentless means? I'm not gonna quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to serve God. So look with me back in the New Testament in Romans chapter 5. And this may describe you right now. Some of you may be in positions where you look and you think, I I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Look to God. Look to God. And some of you may say, well, you're a pastor. Life is easy. No, it's not easy. And I'm not whining and I'm not complaining, but I've had a week that was from hell. And you know what I chose to do? I chose to get around the Lord. And man, for three hours yesterday, I had praise and worship on. I began to sing to God. I began to pray. I allowed the Holy Spirit to move. And I said, you know what? I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I want people to look and say, that dude is blessed. He's blessed. The The faithfulness of God is upon him. So I don't know what you're going through today. Man, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. You can begin to praise him. You can begin to exalt him. So how do we do some of this? Romans 5, verse 17. For if, one, for if by the one man's offense, Adam's, death's reign through the one. 
much more, and you may want to highlight that, not a little bit more, but much more, those who receive the abundance of grace. Now, what is grace? Grace is an empowerment. Grace is a gift from God that takes my inability and he gives me the ability. I don't know about you. I welcome the grace, but isn't it interesting? He said, those who receive the abundance of grace. Well, how do you receive the abundance of grace? How do you receive salvation? Well, pastor, I was good for 21 straight days. And God said, no, that's not how it happens. First of all, you're not going to be good for 21 days. But the second area is you receive salvation by faith. You come to Jesus just as you are. And you know what Jesus does? He takes messes and makes miracles. And in this same situation, you receive the abundance of grace. When I get born again, I say, Lord, I welcome grace. This may be your greatest prayer these next mornings. Grace me today, Father God. Grace me. Grace me in the storms of life. Grace me in bad days. And so he goes on to say, and those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What does that mean? Righteousness means I'm in right standing with God. And isn't it interesting? He said, the gift of righteousness, you're never going to do anything that makes you righteous. It's the gift of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So when I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, guess what happens? God says, he's righteous. It's that easy. I believe it is. And when I begin to see myself, how God sees me through, through the eyes of Jesus. So again, ooh, the grace and the righteousness. Now put this verse together. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. The word reign there means dominance or widespread influence. You will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Do you know what he's saying? And i got to come to a place in my life where I start understanding this is who I am in Christ Jesus. Well, who am I in Christ Jesus? Well, that's what we're going to find out here as we, we continue to go through the scriptures today. But this passage is interesting. He said, when you receive grace and the gift of righteousness, you would reign once we get to heaven. That's not what it said. He said, you'll reign in life. You know what that means? Jesus' desire is that you reign right now. And so when I get a hold of this, that Jesus wants me to reign right now, the question is this morning, are you ruling or are you being ruled? And he tells us right here, how am I going to reign? I'm going to reign through the grace of God. The grace, the grace of God, it, it, it helps me to get up every day. The grace of God helps me to fight when I don't want to fight. The grace of God comes upon me and it begins to enlighten me that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, turn just a few pages to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And the author of Romans is the Apostle Paul. So what we're going to do here is we're going to read Romans 8 verses 31 through 37 and you're going to see something sandwiched in between both of these, okay? There's going to be some nuggets in here that the Apostle Paul speaks on that I believe are going to help every one of us today. No matter what type of day you're having. Verse 31. 
What then shall we say to these things? Question mark. What shall we say to these things? Now we're going to get into the things here in a minute. But Paul answers the, or asks the question and then look how he responds. If God is for us, who can be against us? My paraphrased edition is this. If God be before me, everybody else might as well be. If God be for who can be against me? In other words, if God be for me, it doesn't matter what everybody else is thinking and saying. Verse 32. He, God, who did not spare his own son. He didn't spare his own son. Now, the reason I want to highlight that is there was an incredible price paid for every one of us. He didn't spare his own son. Look what he goes on. But he delivered him up for us all. You know what that means? Every human being on this earth who's going to be on this earth had access to him. He delivered him up for us all. So I highlight this because there was an incredible price paid for you. You were bought with a price and paid in full with one sacrifice. And with that warranty, only Jesus could make. I don't know where you're at today on warranties. But this is better than 90 days, same as cash. This is better than 10-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. This warranty that Jesus makes is guaranteed throughout eternity. That the blood of Jesus speaks to this day. And something happens when I begin to welcome the blood and I'm appreciative of what Jesus did for me on the cross. So he said, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So you know what he's telling us here? I want to put some comfort in you and some confidence in you that you're not just redeemed for for salvation. And there's a benefit package that comes with him. And there are blessings that come with the name of Jesus. Galatians 3.13 says you were redeemed. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. If you want to study the curse of the law, it was poverty, sickness, and death. So guess what Jesus died? He said, I died so they may be redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. So we've been blessed with... Life, John 10, 10, life and that more abundantly. We've been, we've been blessed with divine health. Do you know that's a promise? Psalms 100 verse 3 says, he, he forgives all your iniquities and heals just a few of your diseases. He heals every one of them. He's redeemed me from poverty. He's redeemed me from sickness. And he's redeemed me from death. This is part of my package as a born again believer. Keep reading. Verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now, this, this helped me in a different translation. It says, is it God who accuses you? No. It is God who justifies. The word justify means God acquitted you. The word acquitted means he declared you not guilty. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. He goes on to say, who is he who condemns? Is it Jesus who condemns? No, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for you. Do you know what the word intercession there means? He's bringing requests to God on your behalf. 
He's pleading on your behalf. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Question mark. Now, what we're getting ready to get into is there's seven obstacles that he's going to talk about that are things that try to get every one of us off track. These seven things are still real to this day. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution, famine or hunger, nakedness or destitute, peril or danger or sword, even death. And so he says this. Shall shall these things separate us? Verse 36, that is written. For your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted sheep for a slaughter. And and that verse is cross-referenced to Psalm 44, 22, which literally says, some of you may be killed, but you'll never be separated from death. The loyalty of God. The goodness of God. No way I may ultimately die. To live is for Christ. But to die is the gain. Again, I look at that and I think, and this, this brings me a confidence right here. And I'm good with God. Verse 37. Yet in all these things, yet in all these things, suffering, Affliction, tribulations, calamity. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are winners. We are victorious overcomers through him. Now if I go back and I looked at verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? When these things in life start rising up and they're going to come after you, guess what you can say? I'm more than a conqueror through him. No matter what life throws at me, I'm more than a conqueror through him. And so you may be facing trials today. You may be facing difficulties today. Today may may be a day that it's the worst day of your life. Maybe you've experienced rejection, betrayal. Man, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm more than a conqueror. So I look at these wilderness experiences... At times I have the thought, I'm losing. I I feel like I'm going backwards. I'm not making any progress. I, I feel like I'm dying. Well, you may be dying to yourself. But understand this, in the wilderness, God isn't punishing you. He's preparing you. And I believe just like King David, he gets every one of us to a place in our lives where we say, I call out to you, Father God. I trust in the goodness of God. I I seek you, Father God. I, I desire you. And so again, God was David's constant. God was the one who, who would put David over. And it's incredible that he knew that. And I got to get to a place in my life when it seems like all hell's broke loose. Who do I call out to? Do I ever ask God to grace me? And so it's very powerful right here because he said, we're more than conquerors through Christ. Do I agree with that? 
you know the scriptures tell us? Let the weak say I'm strong. Ooh, that I may boldly say the Lord is my helper. So where are you at today? Where am I at today? Do I call out to God in seasons of difficulties? Again, I can go back in times in my life and I think, Lord, there's times I, I really don't know what to do. But when I take time to get in the presence of the Lord, God always moves. God always moves. Would you stand on your feet here with me? Where are you at today? Just ask it about your head right there where you're at. Again, you may be in a situation right now in your life where you think, I don't know what I'm going to do. You may be in a situation with children, marriage. You may be in a situation with job where he's, I don't know what to do. And thank God we can call upon the name of the Lord. You know, in Isaiah 61 verse 3, it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. To put on the garment of praise when there's heaviness, that's a choice. To a degree, I believe that's what King David said. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to praise the Lord in this time of my life. And so again, I don't know where you're at today. But I believe you got something within you that needs to give God praise and glory. I believe there's something within you today that may say, Lord, I need your grace today. I, I, I need you to put a tattoo on me of, of relentless. And if you've, if you've thought about giving up on things in this life right now, I pray God stirs within you right now. That he moves. That he puts different tattoos on us that says, Father God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up with your grace and your mercy today, your help. And so as they begin to sing, I welcome you to respond to God. I don't care how old you are. And my prayer is this. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, let this be the, the day. And the reason I, I, I say that to you is because life won't make sense to you without Jesus. And so as they sing, just respond to the Lord today, okay? Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.